The scripture this morning comes from Romans 8, verse 9 to 17. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you... But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And this is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Welcome to this joyful celebration of Pentecost Sunday, a special occasion in the Christian calendar that holds deep significance. Pentecost marks the birth of the church and it's time to remember and honor the moment when the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus promised, descended upon his disciples. This extraordinary encounter filled them with divine power courage, wisdom, and a relentless passion for spreading the good news of the gospel through the world. Many years later, many years later in his heartfelt letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul beautifully explained the profound truth that the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit does in the believers, in those who believe in Jesus Christ. So in today's sermon, we are going to talk about the significance of the Holy Spirit in our lives as believers. And we'll discover how embracing these promises in our lives, this fulfillment of the person of the Holy Spirit through the scripture can bring about an incredible transformation within us. So let's start with a word of prayer. Lord, we give you thanks for this opportunity that we are having to be here together to hear your word and to, and to ponder, Lord, about the things that you have prepared, the promise that you have prepared for all of us and the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to hear and to have attentive ears, Lord, and, and open eyes to see uh, the wonders of your word in this morning we pray in the name of jesus amen <clears throat> the holy spirit's person and work did not begin with the event of pentecost 
Rather, the Spirit has been actively involved since eternity in a relationship with God the Father and God the Son. From the very beginning in the Old Testament, we find glances of the Spirit's gentle person moving upon the face of the waters during the creation account. In the first verses of the Bible, the first person of the Trinity who appears is the Holy Spirit. And so, this serves as a profound reminder of the unity of the Holy Spirit with God the Father and God the Son as they collaborated in the magnificent work of creation. Since the beginning, the three of them the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have been involved. And this, uh, this, if we move through the pages of the Holy Scripture, we witness the Spirit empowering prophets like Moses, like Elijah, bestowing upon them power to perform miracles and to proclaim God's word with unwavering authority. But building upon these glances that we see through the scripture, the inspired words of the prophets in the Old Testament reveal even greater promises regarding the Holy Spirit person. And that's something that we should be paying attention in the Old Testament because even though they were prophecy, they were prophesying about the Holy Spirit, they were living according to the Holy Spirit, and they were acting and making miracles, they always, they were prophesying, they were introducing that a great future was predicted about the person of the Holy Spirit and that the works of the Holy Spirit in the future will be greater than the acts, the mighty acts that the Holy Spirit performed in the Old Testament. And I will say even more greater miracles than even creation in itself. And we are going to see that a little bit later. But the prophets in the Old Testament, like Ezekiel, he prophesied that God would put his spirit within his people, causing them to live and to walk in his statues and be cleansed from their sins. You remember, it was Ezekiel who was sent to prophesy to the dry bones. And they, be, they become flesh and they become alive because of the word of the Holy Spirit was sent and entered to the dry bones. Then we have Joel as, as well, envision a time when the Spirit will be poured out upon flesh, resulting in dreams visions, and the salvation of whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. So that's what we find in the Old Testament about the person of the Holy Spirit. But then if we move forward to the New Testament, Jesus as well was talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. And you remember, he told to his disciples that he will be sending a gift. I'm leaving, but I will send a comforter. I will send a helper, and he will bring peace. He will bring guidance. He will bring 
company and strength during challenging times or during tribulations. You are not going to be alone. But Jesus introduced another role of the Holy Spirit a greater, uh, as greater and important as the first one. This new role that he was describing was not just as a comforter or just as a helper, but he thought that the Holy Spirit would shine like a divine spotlight upon the world and he will be revealing the truth about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. That's the work of the Holy Spirit to illuminate, to show sin, to show righteousness, and to show judgment. Through the powerful work of the Holy Spirit, the stirring in our hearts will ignite, urging us to turn away from our sins and to embrace Christ. There you see the complete work of the Holy Spirit, Showing us the sin, illuminating what are our sin, and then moving us to repent from our sins, believing in Jesus Christ, who is the righteousness of God. Believing that in Jesus, we are receiving salvation instead of judgment. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a transformation that brings a new life within us. It's like a new birth. And that's exactly what Jesus was talking with Nicodemus, if you remember. Oh, I'm not just a good teacher. You need to be born again of the Spirit. You remember that encounter? It's a new birth. This is the incredible miracle orchestrated by the Holy Spirit that opened our hearts to embrace the love and the grace of our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. And this is what the Old Testament prophecies were predicting, that a bigger miracle will be happening in the future. And this is the miracle that you and me now through Jesus Christ can come and be part of God's family. Believe me, that's a bigger miracle than even creation. That even opening the sea like Moses, like bringing to life like Elijah did. That is the miracle of miracles. For countless ages, the prophet had uh, eagerly spoken of the promise of the Holy Spirit. And now Jesus, with, with unwavering reassurance, shared with his disciples that this long-awaited promise will finally burst into glorious reality after his triumphal, triumphant death and resurrection. I'm living to the Father. But I am not leaving you alone, right? So it was a moment teeming with anticipation and joy as Jesus assured them that the transformative power of the Holy Spirit was about to be unleashed 
on this world. Their lives were about to take an extraordinary turn, and they were on the verge of experiencing firsthand the breathtaking fulfillment of the promise of the Holy Spirit. And now, as we come to the fulfillment of Jesus' promise in the book of Acts, chapter 2, we witness an awe-inspired chapter in the history of the church. Picture this. It says that the Holy Spirit descends upon the early disciples and it was like a mighty rushing wind and like a divided tongue that's of fire came upon the disciples. I don't know how many adjectives are being used there, but it's like a mighty rushing wind, divided tongues as a fire. Now put all those things in a room, like this one, and now you can picture what happened there. The Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came. And just imagine breathtaking scene of people from various nations hearing the disciples after that event speaking in their very own languages. They were speaking Spanish, Greek, Aramaic, all the languages that people understood. And what they were doing in other languages was preaching the gospel about Jesus. So as the Spirit took up residence within these, within these believers, their life underwent a profound and a beautiful change. It was not just the miracle of speaking new tongues or doing miracles. They, those happened, you know. Once they, were, they, once they were full of fear, now they are infused with boldness and courage to testify to the reality of Christ boldly. They were doing miracles. They were, you know, casting out demons. They were sharing and spreading the good news of the gospel through the Roman Empire. And all that was because of the Holy Spirit. Their lives became radiant portraits of unity, love, and selflessness as they share everything in common. They were reflecting the power, the transformative power, the transformative work of the Holy Spirit that not just give them power to do miracles or to speak another language, but they receive power to change from the inside out, to live in another way, differently of the way that they were living before. That was because of the power of the Holy Spirit. That was because of the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so, after discussing the Holy Spirit promise in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, now we want to shift our attention to what the Holy Spirit does in the believers. And we come to Romans chapter 8, chapter 8. 8, verse 9 to 17. And then Paul presents two 
effects of having the Holy Spirit within us. And the first one is that he tells us in the first three verses, 9 to 11, that the Holy Spirit indwell, indwells in us. When we have faith in Jesus Christ, something truly remarkable occurs. If you start reading from chapter 8, verse 1, Paul starts saying in that chapter, verse 1, Now there is therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he gives the reason because of the spirit of life now is indwelling you. So what he is saying there is that when you believe, the Holy Spirit comes and he transforms you. There is no more condemnation. You are putting aside and the Holy Spirit is moving to live within you. And you know, in, in the verse, in the verse, uh, uh, verse 9, he says this. He continues saying the same thing. You, however, are not in the flesh anymore, but in the spirit. In fact, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. This miracle can be compared to, to walking into a restaurant and seeing a signs at the entrance that, uh, that reads, under new management. That is what the verse 9 is saying there. You, however, are not in the flesh, the old management. Now you are in the spirit, under new management. That is the miracle that happened with all those who believe in Jesus Christ, those who are under no condemnation. You are, and I am, under new management. With this new management, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a life of integrity, live a life speaking truthfully, live a life with love and avoiding any form of dishonesty. With this new management, our new management drives us by the Holy Spirit to encourage us to cultivate, to cultivate a spirit of generosity, a spirit of service. You do not live now for yourself, but you live for Jesus under new management. You are always constantly asking yourself where I can be used by the Holy Spirit, where I can serve, where I can use the gift that the Holy Spirit is giving to me to put it out to the service of others. I don't live for myself. We are under new management. With this new management, the Holy Spirit assists us in handling anger by fostering forgiveness, patience, and self-control. It is possible under this new management. Those things were not in the menu before, but now are in the new menu because we are under new management. 
With this new management, we have the authority by the Holy Spirit to conquer any lost thoughts, any behavior that leads us out, outside of, of purity. And we are, by this power, we are self-disciplined within our relationships around us. We live in a pleasing way. As if we are doing everything, as the Bible says, for the Lord. Under this, this, this new management, we can resist gossiping. Or speaking words that hurts others. With this new management, we can overcome any addiction. Or substance abuse. I have seen that miracle. Under this new management, it is possible. Yes, it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of work, but the power of the Holy Spirit is within you, and He gives you the, the power to overcome any kind of addiction. There is more. In verse 11, it says, If the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, notice this, He who raised Christ from Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. Notice, this is not, He is not talking when you die. We're going to be talking about that later. But right now, he's saying, if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, now that you are alive here in this time, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. There is going to be this dynamo, this power that is like dynamite. I, I, how, how I say dynam dynamite. dynamite? It's like an explosion within you. How is possible that before I, can, I couldn't leave this behind me? It's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. How is possible that now I use my time for some for for my family and for things that are productive for my family for those around me and before I I don't I, I didn't want to do anything for others It's because this explosive power in you that is indwelling in you When we are tired, when we don't want to help anybody because we, 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 crave, we have been craving time for ourselves and someone appears and needs your help, there is the power that raised Jesus from the dead within you to move you to do things that be, before were impossible for you.
Do you realize that miracle? The power that brought Jesus from the dead is the power that you have in you. That miracle is bigger than the miracle of creation. And this transformation that the Holy Spirit brings has a profound impact in our lives as we continue reading in verses 12 to 17. We are under new management, not to follow our selfish desire, but to live a, a life with a new nature. And this new nature moves us to be children's sons and daughters of God. And that's the second part that Paul is telling us that happened when, when you receive the Holy Spirit. The Spirit leads and guides us, affirming our new identity as God's beloved children. Notice what verse 13 says, And all those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. And verse 16 repeats the same in a different way. The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. These two verses are my favorite verses. One of my favorite verses from, from, from the Bible. I compare the Holy Spirit to, to a compass that always points to the north. No matter where you are, a compass will point you to the north. And the Holy Spirit, he'll always remind me that I am, I am a beloved child of God, regardless of my past, regardless of my present, regardless of my future, regardless of my sins in the past. Regardless of my sins in the present, regardless of my sins in the future, this compass of the Holy Spirit always within me tells me, but you are a beloved son of God. Yes, the Holy Spirit will bring me back to my Father and I, He will forgive me. He will produce repentance in my heart. He will produce uh, uh, probably discipline. Because I am a children of God, but that compass showed me that I am a children of God. And that's what you and I have when the Holy Spirit is indwelling in us. You have a compass. And Paul says later, that's why you can call God Abba Father, dear Father, Daddy. But there is more. The Holy Spirit is dwelling within us. The Holy Spirit now gives us a new identity. But more than that, then verse 17 closes and says, And if you are children, if children, then we are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. That's, that's close. 
we are not just children. We are heirs of the new kingdom because of the Holy Spirit. That's the miracle of miracles. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul tells us that the gift of the Holy Spirit one day will pass. The manifestations of the Holy Spirit one day will cease. The prophecy will pass. Healing will pass. Speaking in tongue will pass. And at the end of chapter 12 says, but I want to show you an excellent way, something that will never pass, and that's love. You know what is that? The love that God the Father have for you in Jesus Christ and giving you the assurance that you belong to him, putting the Holy Spirit in you. Everything will pass, but that love will never pass. To be called children and sons and daughters of God, that love will never cease. And that's the excellent way. Look for that, was saying Paul at the end. We have seen through history the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, the day of Pentecost. But the call is to live today knowing what we have in Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and thank you for uh, the power, the person of, and work of the Holy Spirit within us. Help us to live in a way that we, we pay attention to, to the person of the Holy Spirit uh, more intentionally, Lord. then we can live this extraordinary life that we have as a new creation, sons and daughters, as heirs of the kingdom. No matter the tribulations, Lord, we now have received a kingdom with Jesus Christ. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing together this closing song. I believe in God I 
Brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. 
agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now and forevermore. Amen.